live on the radio at uh, WILI AM 1400 or 95.3 FM. Or we might be on YouTube because our shows are posted there on the WILI channel along with all the afternoon shows. So you can catch our guests anytime on your phone or computer at home. The whole idea is to get our guests and their information to you in as many ways as possible. We have another busy show today. Uh, coming up for this, uh, the second and third part of the show, we're going to take a look at the Arts Center East in Vernon for their monthly update. We also have a poet, uh, a publisher, Karen Warinsky. She's doing a new series of poetry readings at the Vanilla Bean uh, in Pomfret. She's also done a series for many years up at Roseland, up in Woodstock. So we're going to talk about poetry and getting published later in the show. But right now I'm going to offer a very interesting story for you. If you're a digital person, if you have a computer or a telephone or anything with technology and you're having some, uh, some technology questions, there's a new service that's just opened in Mansfield based at the library. It's called the Digital Navigators. And we have two people very involved in this program, which is pretty new right now. It just started. They have a couple of years to help serve people in the area. And I'm really happy to have them here today to share the good news and show you how to sign up. So sitting right next to me, I'm very happy to have uh, Paul Velasquez. He's the digital access navigator, one of two that they have, who works out of the library. Uh, Paul, it's good to see you again and have you in the studio. Thank you for having us here. You bet. And also next to Paul, we have Caitlin Epling. She's a systems librarian. Caitlin, welcome to the studio. It's nice to have you here, too. Yeah, thank you for having me. So why don't we start out with a simple definition so people get an idea right away of the variety of ways this can help them at home or with their personal computer use. Uh, so what is a digital navigator, and how have you landed in Mansfield to serve our community? Uh, so a digital navigator is somebody who works with people to just kind of eliminate barriers that they may be having uh, as far as accessing online resources. Mm -hmm. So we can work with people to um, teach uh, and guide through the use of specific apps uh, or the use of specific devices. Um, if you're having trouble with a phone or a laptop or a computer, can't find settings, something got messed up and you can't use it anymore, those are all things that you could call us and we could help with. Wow. Uh, also, if you have a goal of wanting to become more proficient with something like Microsoft Office or you want to be able to set up an email or use social media, uh, you can call us about any of those things too. It's a really wide umbrella of things that we cover. That's pretty, that's great because once the word gets out, I think you're going to be busy. I hope so. Because uh, everybody can do better with what they have. And a lot of people are still struggling with accessing and managing social media to maybe controlling access in a better way. You know, whole issues of parents and kind of mm -hmm. monitoring in a positive way how their kids are mm -hmm. using it. Mm -hmm. People looking at the, you know, something that my wife Rita came to Paul with had to do with uh, some of the, uh, the security software programs that are out there. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of everyday life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Really, any, any issue, big or small, is something you can call us yeah. with and we can, you know, at least make an attempt to, to go through it and work it out with you. Yeah. So, Caitlin, maybe you can kind of enlarge the story about the library as a whole and how this is kind of fitting into the larger role that the library plays. Um, yeah, so um, basically the library has always been a place to get information. Of course. Um, and we've noticed throughout the years, especially after COVID, a lot of people were coming in with questions about how to use their specific devices or how to get online to, um, you know, fill out a form or create an email account or basically do a lot of stuff and um, that was taking up a lot of staff time and that's why we decided to go and start a program like this because now we can have some individualized one-on-one -on -one training sessions with people. Yeah, it's the best kind. Yeah. And you know the good news, the source of this funding is from the American Recovery Act 
which across the country is helping with many aspects of infrastructure, at least to help it function during COVID and then do better afterwards, obviously. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Paul, maybe you can mention the kind of work that you did in the past that kind of made you want to be a navigator, you know, in terms of your background, and maybe share some of the most common things that people are doing that are kind of making their own problems worse. And they okay. don't know it yet, but they're real simple things and they just don't know it yet. Yeah, uh, so uh, what I did, one of the things that I did before I started here at Mansfield was um, I volunteered at Hartford with Literacy Volunteers of Greater Hartford. Um, they ran uh, you know, standard literacy programs, but at the time that I volunteered there, they had just expanded their uh, computer labs. Uh, so I, I, when I volunteered there, I, I asked specifically to, to head up the computer labs and to help tutor people who are coming in looking to expand their digital skills. So really very similar to what I'm doing here. Um, as far as problems that people are having that they might be making worse, um, I would say the first thing you should do is, is familiarize yourself with your device's settings, uh, whether it's a, a laptop, uh, iPad, Chromebook, anything. Um, you can you can solve most issues that you have, and I've already in my appointments I've already uh, solved minor issues that, that uh -huh. people really didn't know that they could solve with a simple settings fix. Um, for example, um, one issue, uh, if you're using a laptop and you are using a trackpad or you have difficulty otherwise uh, double-clicking quickly, yes. there is a setting in all Windows laptops that you can reduce the speed that's required for a double-click to register to that's make true. it a lot easier for, mm -hmm. for most devices. So little things like that that you don't realize mm -hmm. could make your device use a lot easier and it's a little less frustrating. And every once in a while, we have to go through the whole update cycle. They're always trying to improve the software or making it safer. But I know sometimes when they do updates, they change settings. And sometimes you don't know about it until mm. afterwards. And that's true. And it mm. creates little mystical experiences like, I didn't make this happen, but here it is, right? It's another reason to familiarize yourself with the settings on your laptop. Right, right. Or, like or what the device. defaults are or mm -hmm. what, you know, like what's normal. Uh, Something for parents, too, maybe. Uh, there's a lot of kids still doing schoolwork at home. Mm -hmm. Not like during COVID at the worst time, but they're still using it a lot. And how can people figure out the broadband issues of the quality of the connection from the cable company that they have no control over? Mm -hmm. And their in-house wireless system, that could be a nightmare. Mm -hmm that could really interfere with the signal coming in, but it looks like it's the company's fault, right? Yeah, that, uh, those definitely can be issues. Uh, for starters, I would say, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, you can call your provider uh, and you can find out from them um, what your speeds should be. Um, and you can also find out uh, independently with um, I think websites like internetspeedtest.com, something like that, um, and they're similar, uh, where you can run and see what speeds you're actually getting. Now, when you do get uh, internet service and you get it at an advertised speed, your actual speeds will never really match those speeds. So you, you can't you know, say right. that I have you know, you know, gigabit internet and you're not getting that, that, full, that full speed and think that that's a problem, that's a normal thing. But you yeah. can be sure that your speed is, is what it's supposed to be. You can call a provider and talk to a technician and they can help you figure out uh, right. is your speed where it's supposed to be or is there maybe something wrong? Do you have some interference going on in your home? Things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, your router placement uh, can be an issue if you're doing Wi-Fi uh, too true. close to a corner on one side of your house. It won't, you know, maybe the signal degrades to the other side of the house, something Absolutely. like Absolutely. Or sometimes if it's an old style that has an antenna, the angle of the damn antenna. Mm -hmm. Vertical, mm -hmm. horizontal. I've had that at my house at yeah. one point. Mm -hmm. That made a huge difference yeah. that way. Uh, right? The other thing you can do if you call yeah. a service provider is that you can request, uh, sometimes, you know, they don't won't always honor this, but you can request new equipment. Uh, I did this myself last year. We used Spectrum. Uh, my, my service was choppy. 
uh, and I knew that my my physical equipment in the house was getting pretty old. So I just uh. brought it up with the technician. I said, you know, this is the equipment that I'm running right now. It's all on a label on the equipment itself. Yeah. Do you guys have anything newer you can send? And they did. Uh, since then, I've had no issues with my internet. Uh, the speed is, you know, the same as it's always been, but it's much more reliable now than it was before. Yeah, it's more stable. Mm -hmm. Well, Caitlin, can you talk more about how this works and maybe the logistics of how people can uh, sign up? You know, besides a phone call, what could they learn more on the website? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. people can send emails to the digital navigators um, at digitalnavigators at mansfieldct.org, um, and they can schedule an appointment online. Um, they can also call or text, um, and that phone number is on the Mansfield Public Library's website. Um, Mansfield Public Library CT dot org. Not um, too bad. I actually have the, the phone number right oh, here. You also, do have it. it's oh, nine five nine four 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 one three zero five. Okay, that's and we, you can call or text that number, and we can we'll respond. Yeah. So for people that are looking at maybe they want to upgrade their computer, it's tax time. So you get into the whole automated software. Uh, and they start and they get lost. Is there something where you could help them with that in terms of their business use, uh, in terms of any kind of personal use of it, just for more than entertainment or fun? Um, we're certainly not tax experts, so we can't, I don't know about helping people through through their taxes. But if you're looking oh, to yeah, maybe sure. use that, that tax money for new devices, right. uh, that is something we can help with. We can meet with you and demonstrate uh, the use of various devices. You know, what's a Chromebook versus a laptop and what do they feel like to use? Which one is going to be better for you? Yeah. Um, so that you're not uh, wasting your money on a device that you're ultimately not going to you're going to find that it doesn't suit your needs. Um, so we can we can make sure that you, you do spend the money in the right place at least. Right. Or sometimes you can buy more of something than you need depending on you know, how much you need to do what you want to right. do. Yep. Right. Like if you're not a big gamer, maybe the video card doesn't have to be the high-end, fastest You'd probably possible, have much, right? much shorter requirements, yeah. Yeah. So something that people talk about a lot, you know, is email security and getting scammed. And, you know, the number one way that a lot of bad people get away with it is just because we click. We're rushing, we're not careful enough, it looks pretty good, and we just go with it, and that one click is the door, right? So we recently had a conversation with Paul about thinking through buying security software versus relying on your browser and your operating system upgrades to be enough because they've done a lot of work themselves. So I don't want to you know, recommend any brands or purchases, but thinking this through, I'm sure a lot of people would like to do better with their email. Mm -hmm. And they want to, you know, they hear about protection, VPNs, and all these things because, you know, the universe is out to get you. Uh, but sometimes you might have so much protection that your system is slow and you don't realize it's not a bad connection. You're overloading your own computer, right? Yeah, so it's called bloatware. It's when you have un unnecessary um, word, applications bloatware. on your computer. Yeah. And uh, for, for most everyday users, Windows Defender is enough and it's kind of recommended by the experts to be um, the, the baseline of of what you what you need on a computer. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, the, the the real thing that you want to focus on for for internet safety is is just user knowledge. So uh, what which emails are safe to open, which ones are not. You know, just because something looks like it's from a familiar name, maybe check that address very carefully because it may be slightly different, uh, and be careful about opening attachments uh, and things like that. Right, right. You know. You can always check the address of the sender, and it might look like it's a certain way, but if you really check the address, it could be an incredibly un... It's a strange combination of numbers and letters that are meant to be untraceable because it's really someone looking, you know, to get you. 
well, Caitlin, while I have you here, are mm -hmm. there other things about the library people could, you know, you know, could benefit by or services or use of media, you know, other parts of your work that can help the public learn more about what's there at the library? Oh, yeah. Um, at the, yeah, at the library, um, we actually have um, free hotspots that you can check out for a few weeks. Um, we have Chromebooks that you can check out. We also have a tool library. We have cake pans. We have lawn games, board games. So um, we have a variety of different media that you can check out at the library. And all of that is free. Um, you just need a library card. So. Well, now when people come by, should they bring their computer? Is this something where somebody who maybe has a transportation problem, can it be over the phone? Mm -hmm. What are some of those assistive technology needs you might help? So uh, mm -hmm. we do prefer to meet people at the Mansfield Public Library or at uh, one of its two express locations, one of which is at the Nash Zimmer Transportation Center, which is a pretty convenient place to get to. Mm -hmm. um, if you're having an issue with a specific device, we do recommend that we meet you in person with that device so we can kind of see and get our hands on it. Uh, but there are issues also that we can cover over the phone or just via text as far as like information gathering and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, co contact us first, let us know what the issue is, and we'll go through it and decide what the best, uh, what the best solution is. Well, this is really great news. I hope you all, uh, you know, in the area can certainly benefit from this. Now, this is a larger regional coverage area, and your folks are based mm -hmm. in the library. What is your hopeful, uh, your service range or where people can, you know, you know, can benefit from the service in terms of your range of limits? So we, we're focused on Mansfield residents, but uh, you yeah. don't need to be a Mansfield resident or have a library card to walk in and, and you know, ask about us at the desk or, or even call us uh, or email us ahead of time. Uh, we'll yeah. serve anybody from any town. As long as you can get to Mansfield to meet with us, that would be the only stipulation. That's great. Well, thank you for the good work you're doing behind mm -hmm. the scenes every day. Mm -hmm. And I hope you all take advantage. This is a great program. Again, the Digital Navigators at the Mansfield Library. There's a lot of information there. It could do a lot to help you with your everyday computer use in ways you may not even realize. Things may be simpler than you think. Uh, so thanks again. Thank you for having Thank us. you. Okay, we're going to take a short break and come back and take a look at the Arts Center East in Vernon. Don't go away. We didn't leave anything out, right? We got it all in and more? I think so, yeah. Excellent. Well, I'll send you a link to this show when they post it on That'd YouTube, yeah. and then you'll be the lead-off segment that starts the show, and you can just share that in any, you know, any kind of a notice you send now. You can put in the link, and there's your story waiting. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. Okay. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, Great yeah, opportunity. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, Thanks thank so much. You. And definitely reach out if you want to make a point. Yeah. Yes, I will. I'll definitely go online and go that way. All right. Okay. All right. Take care of yourselves. It's okay, you're unflappable. You're always here, Liz. Don't sweat it. Like, oh no. Put the coat here, <laughs> hang a sit right here, get a load off. Thank you. She got behind a school bus. I just Yeah, she told me. I don't know <laughs> what it was, but I was like, why is there a school bus at 445? <laughs> After school program. Oh, I suppose. After that's school. A, that's a thing. Yes. Okay. I heard so. uh you have Karen Warinsky. Yeah, she's doing. We're hosting yeah. a workshop of hers at the art center next month. Yeah, she's going to talk about it on the phone after you. Oh no she's way! She's going to call in That's about so her funny. series and Roseland Cottage. Yeah. Oh okay. Things overlap. Oh my gosh, I was you like, betcha. hey, I know that name. <laughs> yeah, I've had her on once before. This is called Poets at Large. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, Matt, how's my timing? Uh, three and a half minutes. We can. Oh move. good. That's fine. All right. Three and a half is fine. All right. I took some notes here before. 
I want to mention a few things. Uh, I went to the website. I should have been more prepared today. I just was like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I took enough notes here. Uh, this is for this week. This is, this is all for after you. Uh, you got the reception. Well, that's already happened. Yes. But the show's on till March. The Fiber Arts. Yeah. Uh, now I saw the tag sale, but it's late April. Do yep. people have to sign up now, or do they wait till April? And this so, should come up later. It, they're gonna. It's not gonna happen. Nobody has to sign up. But if they want to, she's good. She's good. If they want to donate any of their, you know, gently used or unused art supplies or you know, embroidery hoops, all kinds of things, we will take them from them now. Okay, then we'll talk about that. Okay, yep. but the show's later. The, uh, the tax sale. Mm -hmm. uh, classes are underway. Mm -hmm. uh, Artcentereast.org. That's us. And by the way, is Peggy going to do uh, the, uh, another poetry thing? Yes, February 18th. Oh, good. Yep. Perfect timing. Yeah, I had her on too. Peggy D. Che. I've had her on a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, I guess, six years, huh? That's what the website Six years. Oh, yeah, uh, that we've been doing. Rocks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, of what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, which one, right? Six years of who? <laughs> Is there anything coming up again with the Dionysus Theater after uh, Cedar? Not, Cedar? not yet. We The next thing that we have is actually um, in March. We're working with an MFA puppetry student from UConn who has written an original show about the life of Mark Chagall. Ooh, and yeah, the artist, Mark Chagall. Yes, so we're really excited because it is, you know, a visual theater piece about a visual painter, and it's oh. sort of bringing all these things together. I'm very excited. I have a, I have a sort of meeting with her on Friday, so I'll know more, but I know a little bit. And that's going to be March. Yes. Okay. Well, definitely uh, take note of that. Yeah, and we'll have probably three shows of that, so there'll be a lot of chances for people to see it. All right, well, we can use email or, you know, either you can pick a date now after we're done, mm -hmm. or I can just uh, shoot you a note. Yeah. 30 seconds, John. 30 seconds. Okay. seconds. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay, we're back live on the home front. Very happy to have you with us again. For the last part of the show this week, we're going to talk to Karen Rowinski on the phone. She lives in Woodstock, but she's putting together another series of poetry readings at the Vanilla Bean in Pomfret. It's a series that's been going on for a while now, and they're going to kick it off again for the new year. So we'll talk about poetry, and this is a great kind of a, kind of a follow-up to the conversation that we're going to have now with uh, Liz Bologna, the executive director at the Arts Center East in Vernon. Every once in a while we have Liz down for an update. They're very busy throughout the year with lots of events. It's nice to have you back in the studio, Liz. Yeah, I'm glad I could finally get back in here. <laughs> Indeed, I know, I know. I had to do it once on the phone, 
But uh, it's always good. There's lots of things going on up there. Yeah, we like to stay busy. Yes. And, in fact, there's quite a few things to cover while we have some time, but there's one thing that's already uh, underway that started a few days ago. It's a fiber art exhibit. Maybe that could be your leadoff? Yeah, the Please. fiber art exhibit. I hate to choose phrases. I really do because I, I love all the artwork and all the artists that we get to showcase yeah. at the Art Center. But fiber art, there is something... I find particularly pleasing and particularly exciting about it. And it could be that we do it in February when things are getting a little dark and then are a little gray. Uh, so in particular, the fiber art exhibit is incredibly colorful. It's really, really pleasing. Uh, it sort of happened this funny way that last year we had this like really nice green motif happening. And then this year we have this really nice blue motif nice. happening. So I don't think these fiber artists are necessarily coordinating with each other, but something is in the air that they all, they all had these sort of blue pieces. Um, but it's really beautiful. We have felting, quilting, uh, there are sculptures, there's embroidery work, there are dresses this year and jackets. Um, nice. And I have to, I have to say, I, again, I hate to choose favorites, but this is the second year we've shown quilts by uh, a woman named Hiroko Fukawa. And her quilts are so geometric and they are so exact mm. and they're incredibly pleasing. Like if you have like a busy brain, like this is a really nice thing to take a minute and look at. I find it incredibly calming. I really, really love it. Something else, I mean, you can't touch these things, but the tactile nature of the material and the aspect of the hand. Oh, yeah. You can right? see the stitches. You can yeah. see the layers in the quilts. It's really, it's so much work. And the only thing that I wish, I'm going to make a note of this for next year. The only thing I wish we would do with this exhibit is include on the label somewhere approximately how many hours they would say it took to make the particular piece. Because I yeah. can I can only imagine it is upwards of hundreds of hours that's a really cool idea like uh like with a wood turner yes who does woodwork you know that's an interesting angle that helps people think about mm -hmm. well this is a really fine piece of art you know this yeah. is not something that, you know that i'm buying mass produced in a factory somewhere oh, yeah. in indonesia and with the quilting you think about the actual stitching of it but yeah. there's so much that has to happen first in planning and and laying it all out and getting to the point where you can then stitch it it's really mind-blowing we have um speaking of the fiber art exhibit the woman who chose the awards for it her name is tim natar and she is coming uh this coming saturday uh, in the afternoon she's doing a trunk show so she's going to bring uh several of her quilts and she's going to talk about how she pieces them together and you know things in her life that inspired them and the nice. techniques that she used uh, and I'm really excited because hers in particular, again, are these incredibly colorful pieces. And so, uh, you know, my questions are, you know, how do you find these fabrics? Like, do you get them printed? Are you ordering them special? And then when you have, you know, I just I have so many questions for her. <laughs> so that's a real nice kind of a show and tell, actually. Yeah. This Saturday will be the 10th, I guess, in yes. the afternoon. Is yes, that when that two is? Yes, 2 o'clock at the Art Center. Yep. Yeah. And that this show goes to March 2nd. Now, the Art Center East is at 799 uh, Hartford Turnpike in Vernon. And uh, the website is artcentereast.org. So anything that we're talking about today, it's all there for you on the website. Yep. Uh, you have uh, the series coming back with poetry. You said yes. something's happening in a couple of weeks with Peggy Dietsche. Yes, she Please. has. Uh, so we have another poetry reading with her. We do roughly quarterly she keeps mm -hmm. on top of the schedule much better than i do yeah uh but she has poets coming back to the art center february 18th and uh i believe some of them are current town poet laureates this time some are recently 
uh, dethroned is not the word for it, but... Their term passed. Their term has passed. There we are. Uh, recent poet laureates from, from a few different towns in the area. And then uh, the other thing that she does is she always features a, a student from Rockville High School that also gets cool. to read. Uh, nice. Because that program uh, is an incredible creative writing program at that yeah. high school with um, yeah. Vicki Nordland, who has really built that from the ground up. I'm a I'm a proud former student of Vicki Nordlands. Oh, there you go. So yeah. it's really going full cycle for you, uh, Truly. It? It's, I'm such a townie when it comes oh. to the Vernon community. She's stoking the fires here. You know. That's great. And, you know, it's nice to see young people get up there because it could be life-changing. Oh, yeah. I mean, either their experience means whatever it is, just the experience itself, the mm -hmm. perception of an audience. And it's also nice, too, <coughs> that you get, you know, you have the published, established poets and you have the newer emerging poets and then you have like a, a really brand new just trying it out student uh poet and you get to sort of not compare their work but you get to sort of see the progression of where the ideas could go that's right yeah and the process that's mm -hmm. right so that's called poetry rocks it's their sixth year and that's going to be happening february 18th now something that, that we'll talk about in a month from now is something that ties into puppetry and here in our Oh, in our community, there are people that love big puppets in this town. If you go to the boombox parade, certain events, people are on stilts walking around here. Puppets are big here. And you have something that's going to be amazing yeah. that tries to connect puppetry and theater and Marc Chagall. Can, I, you, can you give us a teaser on that? Yes, and I can Please. truly take no credit for it. Okay. Uh, but Allison Doyle is an MFA student at, uh, at UConn in puppetry, and we connected through various channels. But... Mm -hmm. She has conceptualized uh, a puppetry show based on the life and the artwork of Marc Chagall. So there are puppet recreations of some of his pieces. And the best way I can describe it is that you get to see how this artwork came together and the ways in which his life kind of blew up and it all fell apart and then oh, how yeah. it comes together again. It's really, wow. I, you know, I don't know how people do these things sometimes uh that and i'm really i'm just excited because it is a theatrical visual medium based on visual artwork that so it's multi-mediums that get to talk to each other and play with each other and i i really like when we can do these things that collaborate in that way yeah and with mark chagall you get this imagery of things floating away yes. right the whole floating oh thing. yeah zero gravity art there mm -hmm. you go uh so that's coming up later in march uh, something else that might help some people now, if you are an artist and you have supplies or things around the house, you're cleaning out things, there's a tag sale coming up at the end of April uh, for the Art Center East, but they're asking people to plan ahead now. Can you mention that? And maybe we'll get you some stuff. Yes. So if you are doing yeah. any kind of New Year's clean out, uh, as I think many of us do, uh, we will take any, you know, gently used or, or unused art supplies that includes frames or embroidery hoops, yarn that you don't know what to do with, even if it's fabric scraps that you no longer have use for. We'll take buttons, uh, really anything that can be repurposed or used as an art supply. Uh, we're happy to add that into our tag sale. And then that acts as a fundraiser for the art center. All of that. Exactly. Uh, all the funding that we, or the, all the funds that we get from that just go back into, you know, we're going to schedule more classes, we're going to have more events, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, it has happened before that, uh, actually with the fiber art exhibit last year, there was a woman who had a piece and she brought it in and it, was, it had tons of buttons all over it. And I said, oh my gosh, like how did you collect all these buttons? She goes, I found them at your tag sale. 
Fantastic. <laughs> so we, we wow. get to see a real life cycle of art supplies. <laughs> That's art for you. Yep. Something out of left field, you never know. Yeah, it was you really delightful. That's awesome. So all this stuff is on the website, and I want to mention one more thing we haven't spent too much time on is they have classes throughout the year and their cycles. There's a couple of classes starting up, I think, in a week or so. Do you remember any of yes, those? Yes, we, um, we have an online pastel class, so you can participate from anywhere, uh, nice. which is really nice. Um, and yeah. that she's developed a really nice following in a community of, of artists that take that class. So that will be starting the end of February. Um, we have a watercolor class that's going to start up in April. I'm working on uh, an acrylics class. And then we have a few one-offs. So we have a, it's almost full, uh, but we have a, a uh, succulent terrarium class where you get to make your own little succulent garden, which awesome. I think is really sweet. We're going to have a paper quilling class coming up and um, another, gosh, another clay platter class. Um, and another uh, sort of like a paint night, but it's a sketch night. So it'll be um, ink sketching and watercolor on the t on to finish it to make it a little more colorful. Um, but it's like a paint night, but a little bit a little bit harder. So if yeah. you've done a paint night and you're kind of burnt out on those, this is like the next step. A bit more skill, a bit mm -hmm. more focus, right? Yep. And you know. The image of the cactus, the succulents, they're everywhere. They're I invading. Know. Yeah, but it's I another one go. of those, like, very pleasing things to look at. If you have a busy brain, have you have this nice organized. Yeah. yeah. We have a cactus garden outside, and they just grow. And they're easy to maintain, yeah, which is happy. my thing. I am not a plant person. Uh, I have, unfortunately, killed a few in my days. But succulents, I, succulents I can handle. You can be redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pay for my past sins. <laughs> All right. It's always great to have uh, Liz Bologna here from the Art Center East. Again, artcentereast.org is a website. Lots of good things to do. Only a few minutes from here. We try to cover the arts in all the corners, Putnam in the Northeast, Vernon, Wellington, heading down towards Norwich, of course, in Willimantic. So I wish you a great season ahead, Liz, and we'll have you back later in March about the show with uh, with uh, uh, the puppets in Chagall. Absolutely. And any new courses as well. Okay? Yeah. Always good to see you. Thanks so much. Okay. Okay, we'll take a short break and come back and talk about poetry with Karen Wawinski. Here's a tune for you, a classic about Boston. Enjoy. I'm going to tell you a story.
should be there. Hello, Karen. Hi, John. Hey, long time no see. Great, there you go. It's still not seen, but soon maybe. <laughs> no, it was very nice that we had a chance to talk today because uh, this is a great series. It's nice to start it out on what you and I can do, depending on your scheduling, is we could do something once a month or uh, have one of the writers uh, talk one day, depending on how you want to promote it. But if you're going to commit to it every month, then I'm going to see what I can do to add a little bit. I've got room. It's just scheduling. It's all it is is planning ahead. Okay. We have 20 seconds. 20 seconds to go. Okay, well, hang in there. We'll be almost all set to go. All right, thanks again, Karen. This will be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. 10 seconds. 10 seconds to go. I put it, I put it on my social media. Hopefully people are listening. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Hey, we're back live on the home front today. My name is John Murphy. Very happy to share some radio and some YouTube time with you. Uh, we're going to focus and continue our discussion on the arts and focus on poetry and publishing today with author Karen Warinsky. She's a lifelong writer and poet. She's been publishing widely since 2011. She currently organizes poetry readings with writers from across the region at Roseland Park in Woodstock, Connecticut. She's been doing that for a while. The series is called Poets at Large. I think it's been going on for about five years. And we have Karen with us today because in February she's opening up another season at the Vanilla Bean in Pomfret. And we have Karen on the phone to join us. That's why I'm happy, you know, that's why I'm wearing my Captain Video helmet here with the audio. Karen, welcome aboard. It's nice to have you on the radio today. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm very happy to share our information with the public. You bet. I know we've talked before, and this, uh, this month in February the 24th is the first of a series. So maybe you could start us out with your hopes for the first one and uh, who's going to be with us and what their hopes are for the evening. Okay. Um, well, we have four that we're going to do this spring there at the Vanilla Bean, and right. they are all on the last Saturday night of the month, so that's easy for people to remember. Uh, they go from 7 p.m. to 9, and there is an open mic segment. But um, we have featured readers, of course, and I try to get um, people who are well-known or have some renown or at least are published and in February, you know, around here, you never know what the weather's going to be. So yeah. I decided to do a so-called homegrown um, evening of people who definitely could make it to the bean no matter what the weather. So these are more local poets. However, two of them are poet laureates of their communities. Uh, Nancy Weiss is the poet laureate of Pomfret. And a man named Steve Veyu, who has a book uh, out, is the new poet laureate of Thompson, Connecticut. And then I'll be reading with them. And... Um, my accolades include I was a, a former finalist of the Montreal International uh, Poetry Contest, and I'm a Best of the Net um, nominee for 2023. So it's kind of a powerhouse show. We do have about four or five people already signed up for the open mic. So um, if anybody just you know thinks that's a good fit for them and wants to come on, um, it has to be limited to about eight to ten people, so they should contact me right away. Right. Um, we're we're going to do a special winter blues price on the Vanilla Bean show on the 24th, so admission is $10, but all the other um, evenings are $15. And I know that's caused a little bit of a stir in the poetry community because a lot of times these um, events are free, but we want to not pass the hat. We want to be able to split that money between the featured readers, and um, a lot of people come from Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey. Even I've had people come from there. So we want to give them gas money and a little stipend. 
that's a that's a beautiful thing to do because it all comes around because you've traveled around too. You've done readings in New York City and all over Massachusetts yourself, and you know a small amount really makes a difference for someone who's coming to share their work. People just have to reframe it a little bit, and if they think a little more carefully, it makes total sense. Uh, I know you mentioned before because uh, we were chatting earlier today that the that's a series you do at Roseland Cottage that has some funding, so those are able to be free as they always have been. So that's a different kind of a of a funding base, right? Right. I'm trying to keep those free, although we have had some shrinkage in our sponsorship, and mm-hmm. this is funny to me because this is our fifth year out there, wow. and they're very well attended. We yeah. get 35 to 50 people at every uh, reading that we do out there, um, so I would I would like to hope that maybe we can get more sponsors to come out of the woodwork this year. Um, I guess my question would be, wh- what else is going on in Woodstock? You know, well, why don't you come out and support us? You know, it would be good. And I think to that end, joining uh, the Wyndham Arts um, Organization and making us a bona fide nonprofit, a 501c3, right. um, should help with that. Uh, but we do have some tried and true sponsors, and I, I thank them very much. And they're um, always listed on the posters and on our press releases. I'm not going to name this year's yet because we're still gathering people. I see. Um, but um, that's, that's the process that's happening right now. Well, these are great efforts, and I want to be sure to use our program here as we help all kinds of arts groups to get the word out. If you're going to go monthly, we'll try to give you a chance. Maybe some of the writers can come on the phone like you are today, or if they're local, they could come on down with a little planning. Uh, I've had other writers on, and people are really getting interested again. Small bookstores are are in trouble, but they're coming back a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, when I look around, more publishing than ever in some ways, but it's all digital, right? Well, um, there are small presses. Who, yep, yep. It's not, not all digital. Uh, I've found um, several small presses that will print your book. Um, of course, they get their share. Of course, and sure. It's, it's up to the author, the poet, to do the publicity and to get yourself out there. But there are a lot of venues um, in Massachusetts and Connecticut where you can read. There are online venues, too. People, once um, the pandemic uh, happened, the beginning of it, and everything had to go on Zoom, a lot of people have continued those forums. Um, and I think it's great because, you personally, I met poets from all around the country and even internationally. So I think there's nothing like in person, but it widens up your world a little bit when you can um, go on Zoom and do a poetry reading that way also. So I don't see why we have to get rid of it. Let's let's dovetail. Let's keep both, you know. <laughs> Maybe the best of both worlds for once, right? I hope so. I think so. Now, you know, something else that Karen was telling me about today is for uh, March. There's a special program she's doing focusing. It's a women's writing workshop. You want to talk about that and how people can get involved? It's in the afternoon on the 16th of March. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So, um, you know, this will be my fourth one of these to host. And um, I'm always searching for a comfortable venue. This is going to be at um, Arts Center East. Yeah, Did I get that right? <laughs> Art Center East. I've got too many arts things. Um, Art Center East in Vernon. And uh, they have a, a very nice setup there. They have a classroom for us to use. Uh, I like to hold it to 8 to 10 women. I think that that allows for the most interaction. And the way that I work it is everybody brings two or three pieces of work they are working on or feel like are finished. They bring copies to share they read their work to us and then we write our comments and discuss. 
Um, it's very supportive. It's not a critique. We might put some gentle suggestions on the page, but generally speaking, we're telling them what we like about it. It gives everybody a chance to talk about the issue that they're writing about, and there are a lot of adult topics that people need to write about, particularly women. Um, and then we do writing exercises. So um, I like a thing called a five-word challenge where everybody gets, they all get the same five words, and they get five minutes to create a piece from that. Wow. Um, I do a giveaway, too, where uh, I, I have a lot of poetry books, not just mine, but others. And so we'll do um, kind of a fun activity and, and do some book giveaways. Uh, I also am planning to do an ekphrastic challenge this time, too, which is where you look at a piece of art or a photograph, and then you create a piece from that. So it sounds like a lot to do in two hours, but I think we can uh, make that happen. It's $35 to attend, and if anyone's interested, they can contact me uh, on my Gmail, which is karen.warinski at gmail.com, or go on the Poets at Large group page on Facebook, and you can find me there and contact me that way. Well, it's a good coincidence that we're having you on the phone now, because sitting next to me a few minutes ago was uh, Liz Bologna from the Art Center East. She was talking about their programs and events, and this is a perfect example of how you're finding a home there. She's given a lot of artists a chance to show their work and to do trainings there. So it's nice, you know, for you to move around the region as well once in a while, too. Well, and I think, like, Putnam and Woodstock are kind of remote for, I mean, you can gather people that just live around here, but yeah. I had a lady come from the other side of Connecticut last time, and it's a long drive. So Vernon is a little more central, yep. and so I'm hoping that will encourage uh, a new group of people to show up, and um, and some of my tried and true, of course, are going to come. But, um, yeah, it'll be different and interesting, and uh, I provide some snacks and water, and so if you're at all interested in that, the deadline to sign up is March 8th. And contact me for details. Uh, I'm happy to to get back to you. It's been nice in the last couple of years to see other writers and groups trying to get people out more and more often to share work. We have a wonderful series here in Wyndham, the, uh, the Julio de Burgos series, right there in downtown Willimantic area. Uh, and folks, you know, I think you've been very light on yourself, Karen. You are such an accomplished writer, and your background, when I had a chance to look at your publishing history, it's very impressive, and people have really acknowledged the quality of your work. And I wanted to ask about you and some of your incredible writing while we have you. I know you're here really talking about these sessions, but your own work has been amazing. And you've had three collections of poetry, and the one that's just come out recently is called... Uh, Dining with War. And with everything happening in our political system here, you know, whatever people's politics are, the system is, is uh, out of norm. And when you look at the world, there's so much incredible violence. People are not learning the lessons. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to say you couldn't have picked a better time for a book with this title. But Dining with War certainly brings it home. And could you share the idea of the book and why this is a time you wanted to share those poems? Yeah, um, thank you for the question. Yeah, I just, uh, what happens to me when I write is I'll just sit down and whatever floats in goes onto the keyboard, and I don't often know where, what I'm going to do with it, where I'll submit the work. A lot of times I just file things away. And so one day I was looking through a lot of these unpublished pieces, and I realized, oh, my gosh, you know, there's a real thread here. And the reason I wrote some of them is it had occurred to me that um, – our children are grown now, so we sometimes take our meal in front of the TV and watch the news. And oh, yeah. that may not be the healthiest thing to do anymore because 
it's a constant, like you say, a barrage of violence of different types. And it made me think, oh, my gosh, you know, how many times have I done this and how callous can a person become eventually from doing such a thing? And so that's where the title comes from. And then besides political events and events in our world, I realized, oh, you know what? A lot of times there have been little family squabbles, little problems. Um, I had uh, I have some stories about dates that have gone wrong, you know, over meals. <laughs> and so sure. I've I wound in some humorous things as well as some of the more um, tragic and then the very important global things that are happening. And um, I'm proud of the book. It came out last June, um, and I'm you know, pub, uh, publicizing it and doing readings uh, all, wherever I can uh, because I think it's a, a topic that people should think about. And we do think about war, but how it just, like you say, it's been normalized in our American life, and it shouldn't be. That's so true. And, you know, the thing about the situation today that's a little different, I've been around long enough to see five wars over the Middle East, over the same piece of land, basically. But uh, if you don't stay up with the news today, it's moving so fast that things are getting compromised because of the speed not just catching up with the news, but the news is running ahead of the news, isn't it? Sometimes people are finding out about things that have been going on, and they didn't know about it. Yeah, I think this latest uh, bit of business in Gaza, I mean, of course, we know some things that have gone on, but I certainly wasn't aware of exactly how egregious the conditions for the people living in that part of the world were. And, right. of course, you know, it's a long history. It's a deep right. history, as would yeah. any conflict. And, uh, you know, we have to be cognizant of what's good for everyone involved, and I understand that. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we do get shaken up to our core occasionally by these things. And, you know, frankly, we have a lot of violence right here on our domestic soil of different types. Um, I mean, every day there's something in the news. So I guess my question when I was thinking about putting this together is how – what has happened over my lifetime – different events, different neighbors I knew, different domestic situations, um, ex-husband, boss, et cetera, et cetera. And how has that affected me? And has it affected me? So that's part of my question in this book. Well, that one, again, is called Dining with War. And her previous books were Sunrise Ruby and Golden Autumn uh, from Human Error Publishing and Dining with War is from the Alien Buddha Press. Uh, so, Karen, I want to thank you for joining us today and for all the work you're doing to help other people share their writing and become better writers. Uh, that's a real power that people have that nobody can take away from you once you figure out your own. It's always yours. Well, I think it's important for everyone to be able to express what's inside of them, and it's a healing process, and it's a political process, and I, I think both of those are very important. Right. So once again, before we go again, we're talking with Karen Warinsky. Uh, it's Saturday, February 24, 7 o'clock at the Vanilla Bean is the first of a series uh, that will go for a few months through May. And of course, later in the year, she'll be back talking about the season at Roseland Park in Woodstock. So I wish you a great season ahead, Karen, with good weather and great times. And we'll look forward to having you back to follow up uh, for March and April. Okay, and I hope we see you sometime, John, at one of our events. I'll be sure to be out there. It'll be very nice to see you out there. It's a great spot. The Vanilla Bean's a good place to hang out, so we'll see you there. Thank you. Okay, right. Take care, Karen. Bye-bye. Okay, our time is just about flown by once again here. If you want to get involved in the show, the studio is always open to you. Just use email, john at humanartsmedia.com. 
And uh, we'll see you next week at the same time. Until then, take care and keep the faith.